think his decisions have already become his legacy. The fact that he gave life after death really has become his legacy and has created a movement of talking about something that I don't think people realized was important to keep talking about. Hello and welcome to Knox and Friends. I'm Neil Zipser. In this episode, we're tackling a topic that has immense need but is seldom talked about, and that topic is organ donation. Currently, there are more than 105,000 people waiting for an organ transplant in the United States, and one person is added to the national waiting list every 10 minutes. Unfortunately, 17 people die each day from not receiving an organ. This is a subject that hits very close to all of us here at Knox. Joni Trimpala, the president and owner of the company, needs a kidney transplant. If you've met Joni, you know she is passionate about helping firefighters through her incredible philanthropy. She is a supporter of the Tunnels to Towers Foundation and the National Fallen Firefighters Foundation. Joni is in desperate need of a new kidney, and the waiting game has significantly diminished her quality of life. She undergoes dialysis three times a week, and that takes a toll on her, too. To increase awareness and education about the need for organ donations among first responders, Knox and the National Fallen Firefighters Foundation are sponsoring the Extend Your Legacy, Become a Living Kidney Donor campaign. Included in the campaign resources is a four-part video, and one of those videos features the story of Christina Moon. I'm honored to be doing this episode of Knox and Friends with her. Following the death of her husband, Christina has tirelessly created awareness about the benefits and need to be an organ donor. Tragically, on December 12th, 2022, Christina's husband, firefighter William Moon, or Billy as everyone called him, suffered a critical injury while preparing for a training drill at his Brooklyn firehouse. In a few days, Billy succumbed to his injuries and passed away at the age of 47. Christina carried out Billy's wishes to donate his organs to help others. Welcome, Christina. Our deepest condolences to you and your family. Thank you, and thank you so much for having me. You know, we're going to be talking a lot about Billy shortly, but I want to first get to know you some. Tell me about Christina Moon. Well, you know, it's funny, like, it's a question I get, and I'm like, I don't know. Well, who am I? Obviously, I'm, I've been an educator for the past 19 years. So professionally, that is where I have been with elementary education. But I think the biggest thing about me, I believe the importance of an impact. And I think it's important to collaborate and work with others, especially when it comes to getting out a message. I'm a big people person. I believe in the importance of being around those who support you. I think that you you should celebrate the life of somebody. So that's what I've been trying to do in the wake of our tragedy. But I think the most important thing about me is I'm a mom and I have two kids and my daughter, Brianne is 11. My son, Colin is nine. And we actually have two dogs in our house as well. Great. Um, so let's talk now a little bit about Billy. How did you and Billy meet? Was it love at first sight? No, actually, we just casually met through friends back in 2001, and we became friends through that meeting over time. We became you know, better and better friends. We spent nine years as close friends before we ever started dating. And then once we started dating, everything happened very quickly and you know, bought a house and got married, had our kids. It's funny, in our house, we used to call Billy our oldest, my oldest child. So, so you get married, you start a family, you have two beautiful children. Tell us about Billy as a person. How was he as a father, a husband, and a friend? He was all around a great person, and he really had a big personality. So if he believed strongly in something, you would definitely hear about it. 
he was six foot four. So I always said you couldn't miss him when he walked in a room to begin with. And he usually smiled and laughed along with it. Um, he was an amazing father. He ve- was very involved with our kids. He loved walking them to school and picking them up on the days that he was home, talking to them about their day. He was very involved in their sports, would help them practice their sports, even helped coach some of their sports. Uh, you know, believed in having time together as a family, like game nights and just movie nights and hanging out together. He was so involved and they loved him so much and they knew him so well. They both even wrote eulogies for his funeral. Um, he was a great husband. He really was my best friend. We were all, both of us were always very supportive of one another and our dreams and ambitions, which made it really easy to talk about anything. And we were always talking throughout the day and little text messages, little phone calls, little messages, memes, all that stuff. So it was really, we really had a beautiful environment in our home. So Billy was a volunteer firefighter with the Islip Volunteer Fire Department and then joined the FDNY a month after 9-11. How did 9-11 impact Billy? You know, I think 9-11 just confirmed that he wanted to spend his life serving and helping others. You know, it was either a cop or a fireman. He became a fireman. I think it was his calling. And Islip was a part of many, many volunteer fire departments on Long Island that headed towards the city to help. He did not end up at the pile, but... He was stationed at a city firehouse in Queens in case they were needed in that part of the city. So he, you know, it just kind of, I think, affirmed what he wanted to do. So you said it was between a a firefighter and a police officer. Um, Was that something that you supported when Billy made the decision to become a firefighter? He made that decision before we ever met. Um, I think that his work in the volunteer fire service kind of helped solidify that that was his path. His father was a volunteer fireman. He was also active in the fire department drill team racing. So he was always within the community in that capacity. And then to have that opportunity to be a part of the FDNY was exactly what he needed. Like I said to him, it was definitely a calling, but it was also never about making himself better. It was always about what can be done to better serve those around him. So he'd always be thinking about what they can do together to help those in the communities that they were serving. And I've even said like marrying Billy was like a marriage to the firehouse, mm-hmm. you know, his dedication and he had a dedication and love for the job that was intertwined in our daily lives. And he will tell you, he would have told you he never worked a day in his life. He loved it. Yeah. We definitely get married to the the whole family when you, when you uh, marry a firefighter, that's for sure. It is. It's a family and it's a community. And I am so grateful for them because they have been here for us every step of the way. All right. So everything's going great with you and Billy. Life is good. Family's good. Dogs are good. Then December 12th happens. Tell me a little bit about that day. I was at work. Um, I was in my office. We had actually spoken earlier that day. I could tell you that we actually got a little dusting of snow and I was looking for the snow brush and I had texted him like, where is it in the garage? Cause you could never find anything in my garage. And, you know, we had a little, a quick talk. And then I got a phone call a few hours later from the fire department. And they told me they were coming to pick me up, that there was an accident. So went to the hospital. I found out about the severity of, you know, the accident and his injuries. He had undergone two brain surgeries and other procedures the day of his fall. You know, then from that point forward, there were a lot of intensive interventions and other procedures to see what they could do to help him. But about a few days in, we realized that he wasn't going to recover from those injuries. Um, And at that point, while there for the week, you know, the week in Brooklyn, I told the hospital that he was an organ donor because I knew it was something that was important to him. And I knew it was something that they should know. 
God forbid it didn't go in the direction that we were all praying that it would go in. And being an organ donor was important to Billy. I understand that you two had talked about the importance of organ donation, you know, a while ago. You know, it's, um, I keep calling it the hard conversations because in reality, nobody wants to talk about what happens when you die or what you want to happen if you were to be put in that situation. And I was in our dining room one day and he was in our living room. It's an open area. And I remember him looking at me going, you're an organ donor, right? Look at him I'm like, yeah, I would. I don't, I don't think it's on my license. And, you know, well, why not? And really, I'm pretty sure my response was just, I never checked the box. I never really thought about it. And he's like, oh, well, well, you know, you should. To him, it was a no-brainer. You know, Billy believed a lot in common sense and something like that was, like I said, a no-brainer. And not long after that, I changed my license. He even did it to people at the kitchen table in the firehouse and had those conversations because he felt like it was important that, you know, theory of you can't take them with you. Why not give somebody else the opportunity? And in reality, only three in 1,000 people die in a way in which they can donate their organs. So really, you up the odds for somebody else when you do that. Five of Billy's organs went to five different recipients, including two retired FDNY members. Have you heard from any of the recipients? And if so, has that helped the healing process any? I have. And, you know, one of the things that was really important, they do in FDNY, it's called a dignified transfer. So Billy was moved from one hospital to another hospital for his organ transfer. I was behind the ambulance and there's all these people with you. And, and during those moments is when I really felt a moment of peace, knowing that my family is losing something huge, but there's these other families that are going to live because of what's happening and that it's going to be okay because there's people being helped. And two of those people were FDNY first responders and they were at 9-11. One is retired Captain Patrick Reynolds and the other is Lieutenant Terrence Jordan. Terrence had Billy's lungs and he was dying from 9-11 related illness. And Pat Reynolds, his liver, he had Billy's liver and he had a genetic liver disease. These two men were on the verge of not living past Christmas, and they had the opportunity to spend Christmas with their family because of it. So I have met them. It's very emotional, but it's like this beautiful emotion because they're forever a part of our family. They're amazing people to communicate with and talk to. My children have met them. Billy's parents have met them. My mom has met them. It it kind of helps keep everyone together in the situation. And I've also had letters from one kidney recipient and his heart recipient. Um, in just a few months, you became a passionate advocate for organ donations. Was this something that just kind of happened? And is it surprising that so many people want to hear your message? It, it, it did kind of just happen. Uh, you know, in the wake of tragedy, I realized you almost redefine your purpose. And I realized in talking to people that they really wanted to hear the story. And it's, I just said to some probationary EMS uh, guys recently, I was like, you know, it, it actually gets harder sometimes to tell the story because it's been six months, but you realize the impact of that story and what that story can do for other people. So it just kind of, you know, unfortunately it's due to tragedy but it does bring me some healing in having the conversations and sharing our story and hoping that it would impact others, especially our first responder community, because they are probably at a higher risk than the general population to be put in that position to donate their organs. So, and it was something that both Billy and I both agreed was important and his passion for it is what rubbed off on me. 
Well, Knox is partnered with the National Fallen Firefighters Foundation to sponsor a series of videos that increases awareness among the first responder community about the importance of organ donations. And one of those videos features you, and we want to thank you for your time on that. Um, in the video, uh, you mentioned, and you just mentioned a little bit ago, that you addressed a large group of FDNY probationary officers, and one of the topics you discussed with them was the infinite life cycle. Can you explain the infinite life cycle a little bit more? Well, it's amazing as I'm learning and the facts that you find out is if you donate an organ, you could still receive an organ and vice versa. So it's a cycle of you're continuing, infinitely continuing to help others through organ donation, through this process that is giving life and it's a gift of life. It could be a gift of life after death. It could be a gift of life during life. And when I'm speaking to the probationary firefighters back in January, and even when I was speaking to the EMS probationary officers recently, you know, you're looking at a room of almost 300 people and in 17 days, that whole room could die waiting for an organ. And I think when you talk to people and you connect them, it's important to make it re relatable and giving them the facts and helping them understand the position we were in and the position they could potentially be in was important. So it was really heartwarming to be there, especially knowing they're in the same field and their colleagues of Billy's uh, that they need to know this information and they need to know how to have those conversations with their family members. Yeah, and that's going to be something I'm going to get to in a little bit here. And you just mentioned there are two types of organ donations, kind of like Billy, where your organs are harvested after you pass, and then there are living organ donors. We'll first discuss organ harvesting a little bit. What is your message related to that? And what are the steps someone can take if they would like to follow in Billy's footsteps? You know, I, it's something I say often, and I you know I said it previously, you have a hard conversation. You know, again, nobody wants to talk about what happens when they die, but when you do have that conversation, you are making a conversation in the future easier on your loved ones because then they know what's happening. They know what they could say that's going to honor you and your choices. You know, unfortunately, if you don't know the right answer, people get nervous and they don't want to answer because they don't want to disrespect you in your death or not have the, you know, not be confident in what they're doing. And it's a selfless sacrifice. So when you have that conversation, your family knows that you want to continue to help others in your death. And you can go online, you can register through state and national registries, you can mark it on your license. And this helps people understand, this is what I felt strongly about. This is what I want to move with in the future. Please respect me for those decisions. Yeah, then you have living organ donors. And I know you're not an expert on this topic, but it takes a different mindset to be a living donor. Can you speak to me about that at all? You know, in the few conversations I've had about it and where I've spoken to people about it, I have met a few living donors and they're very, very proud of their choice. It is not something they regret. They're actually, they're light, their face lights up with the story of how they were able to help, whether it was a loved one or even a perfect stranger. And to me, you know, a living donor, it's, you have to understand different risks and you have to understand the surgery and what it entails, but there is such a support system that I am learning that I think it's important for people to understand as they change that mindset. There is a support system of people who will answer all of the questions for you and help guide you in the right direction to know that you will still live a very happy, healthy, back to your usual self life if you are to make the decision to donate as a living donor. Yeah, it's, it's uh, hard for people to understand that too, that 
you know, donating organ does not generally impact the quality of life. Um, is that something you found surprising or is that something that's hard for people to really fully grasp? No, you know, it's funny. It's not because people have even asked me about the rumor of, do you think the hospital took care of him, even though they knew he was an organ donor? And it was like the hospital worked 24 seven and did so much to help try to save Billy that I don't think there was one minute that anything changed because they found out he was a donor. And I think the same thing would apply to living donors. You know, there's definitely rumors out there and it's finding the right people to give you the right answers and the support system that's going to help you. I know, you know, thinking about Joni and her love for first responders and, you know, the firefighter community, it's almost a little harder because you're trying to get a message out there and it's usually somebody, you know, it's not always a stranger and you may have a lot of loved ones that step up for you, but unfortunately aren't the match that you're looking for. You've talked a couple times about that difficult decision or discussion that um, people have to have with their spouse and family. I, I actually had that uh, discussion with with my wife um, since the Joni uh, medical issue came up, and and even as I was preparing for this podcast a little bit, you know, I'm more open minded about it than my wife, for instance. What advice do you have for someone who has to have that discussion with their spouse and family just to come out and? be strong about it? Do you, do you need that support from the spouse? I, it, I left my discussion with my wife a little bit, not confused, but, you know, I was really adamant about wanting to be an organ donor. And, um, you know, she reminded me that my mother, for instance, had a, a kidney cancer and lost one of her kidneys. So she was more worried about, you know, how I would be if I was to give up one of my, my organs. So I'm sure that discussion is hard for a lot of people. What advice do you have just for somebody who, who needs to have that discussion? I think it's a way of helping your family. And I think you just do it like you did, you know, you had it with your wife. And even if you have children, it's also setting an example for everyone in your family that, yes, we understand that we want to live our life and we want to have a happy life. and We don't want to think about tragedy, but we also want you to know that God forbid there is tragedy or something happens. We are taking care of ourselves and this is a capacity in which we're doing so, but it also create some organization to what's happening instead of feeling like there's this haphazard whirlwind going on. If you are put in that position, if you just have the conversation and you start laying it out, it becomes easier to talk about over time. And you say, you still feel this way, right? Yes. That's how I feel. Okay. I just want to make sure. And I think that's what makes it important. Yeah. Leaving a legacy to most people is important, especially as you get older. What do you think Billy's legacy will be? I think his decisions have already become his legacy. I think the fact that he gave life after death and donated his organs after a life of serving others, I mean, 28 years in the volunteer fire service, 20 years, 21 years in the FDNY, just spending his entire career helping others. And then the fact that he wanted to do so in death really has become his legacy and has created a movement of talking about something that I don't think people realized was important to keep talking about. Well, one last question for you, Christina. There's now a Billy Moon Foundation. Tell me a little bit about the foundation. It's about paying it forward, right? We had so many people come to our aid and a part of the foundation is to help first responders and military and community members. So there's that piece of the foundation that helps pay it forward, but there's also a big piece that I keep calling Mission Forever Heroes, you know, because we called Billy our forever hero. And it's just providing this education and awareness about organ donation. 
And like, you know, just like, I feel like Knox has these big connection to first responders. I feel the same way with this community. And I think sharing the story and Billy's story is important and people respond to relatable information. And I want them to hear his story and know what it has done for us as a family and what it can do for other people. We've actually started Instagram and Facebook and it's under the Billy Moon Foundation. We have a website that's under construction and I'm hoping to keep sharing his story as the opportunities arise. Well, thank you for joining us today, Christina. Billy was truly a hero while he was alive and following his death. By promoting the importance of organ donations, you are also now a hero. Thank you so much for your time and for doing everything you're doing to create awareness about organ donations. And we wish you and your family the best. Thank you so much. And I really appreciate you having me and taking the time to keep spreading such an important message. And I really hope Knox and the entire family helps Joni and the entire first responder community and everyone around us. Thank you. Consider becoming a live kidney donor and engage your colleagues and family members in this important topic and extend your legacy by giving life to someone in need. Visit kidney.org forward slash NFFF. That's kidney.org forward slash NFFF to learn more. I encourage you to take a few minutes to watch the Extend Your Legacy video series from Knox and the National Fallen Firefighters Foundation. The inspirational stories of two firefighters that received a kidney from a live donor, along with the Billy Moon story and Knox CEO Joni Trampala's journey waiting for a kidney donor are extremely powerful. Thank you all for listening. Mm-hmm.